Danti is the dental lab of choice for dentists across the country. But don't just take my word for it. Hear from the dentists themselves. Dr. Smith from California recently switched to Dandy and has been thrilled with the results. He notes that Dandy's streamlined workflow and personalized solutions have helped him save time and money while providing exceptional restorations for his patients. Dr. Jones, a dentist from New York, agrees, stating that Dandy's communication and quality control measures have exceeded his expectations. And other dentists have praised Dandy for their use of the latest technology, including digital impressions and 3D printing to deliver precise and high quality restorations in record time. So ask yourself, are you tired of the traditional dental lab experience filled with slow turnaround times, inconsistent quality, the back and forth and poor communication? Then it's time to upgrade your dental lab experience with Dandy. This innovative dental lab offers a modern approach to dental restorations, utilizing cutting edge technology and a dedicated team of experts to provide you with high quality results in record time. With Dandy, you'll enjoy a seamless workflow, excellent communication, and customized solutions that fit your specific needs. Plus, as a listener of the Dental Marketer Podcast, you'll receive $250 in lab credits and a free intraoral scanner when you schedule a demo. So don't miss this opportunity to elevate your dental practice with Dandy. Click the link below and check out what more practice owners and dentists are saying about Dandy. And also, go get started with Dandy today. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Dental Marketer Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Arias. And the past couple of episodes, the past five, or maybe even 10 episodes, you're like five to seven episodes, at the very end of the episode, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but I am uh, mentioning quotes from books, Right. So books that I read, I'll mention like a couple quotes on there or one quote, really. Um, I think the last episode was two quotes. And yeah, it was a poll I did on our Instagram. And if you're not following our Instagram, it's or if you're not following me on Instagram, it's The Dental Marketer. I'm going to put a link in the show notes below. But I do a lot of polls, ask a lot of questions in the Instagram stories, and you can talk to me on there too as well. But in the Instagram story, I said, would y'all want to hear like a a book quote at the end, right? Because in our newsletter, we do that. There's one quote every newsletter. So you guys said, yeah, you would love it. So I do that. And I don't know how many of you guys know that. So if you want, if you ever want, you're just like, what's the quote for this episode? And these are only for the Thursday episodes, by the way, the 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 longer format interview style podcast episodes. It's not for the Monday morning marketing. If you guys want it for the Monday morning marketing episodes as well, let me know and I can make that happen too. But like I said, all the way at the very end of the episode, especially this episode too, you're going to hear quotes from a book. So make sure you look out for that if you're if you're interested, you know, it's a little treat at the very end. But anyways, in this episode, I'm speaking with Dr. Angelica Seto. I wish I would have set better boundaries earlier on because I was afraid to lose employees, even though they were not so great employees. I was scared to lose them because I didn't want to be by myself. And so I felt like I was bending over backwards to keep these people happy, just so that I would have somebody helping me in the practice. Some employees would ask for different hours, or they didn't want to work certain days, or they wanted to do a late start. And allowing some people to do that and not others is not fair. And I wish I would have just put my foot down and, and said, no, these are the hours. I hired you for these hours. 
these are the hours I expect you to come in instead of saying, oh, I think we can make it work and stressing out over trying to make it work for that one person. And that's just an example of, of one instance. Dr. Angelica Seto from Seto Family Dentistry. And a couple key takeaways I got from this episode. Wonderful doctor, really, really knowledgeable. I'm excited to have her on the podcast, but a couple key takeaways was, number one, having income from an acquisition allowed her to go 100% fee for service on her new startup. Okay, so listen to the backstory of this, right? Because a lot of the times we can, we hear stories, right? We go on social media, we hear see people's experience, and we don't get the backstory sometimes, and we're like, why are they fee-for-service 100% and, and I'm not yet, right? So hear her backstory, how she made that happen. Second key takeaway was even though business consultants are expensive, a good one will bring you even more income than their cost. And I thought this was super important, especially as you're reaching new levels. I feel like it's important to always surround yourself by different people or get a new consultant or something like that, right? So you know how to get to the next level and the next level, not just stay stagnant. So we dive much deeper on that. She even mentions the consultant she used and so forth. Another key takeaway was don't be afraid to ask for help in the beginning. You don't have to wear all the hats in your practice. I thought that was important. And we dive deeper in that as well. We also discussed if you're firing a team member, it should be for the good of the team. Don't think of this as a personal attack. It's huge, huge. And as you guys know, and you've probably heard this a lot, the rest of your team really really appreciates it when you let that bad player go, right? Like the C player or whatever. So we dive deeper on that. Also talk about how you want to leave room to have fun in morning huddles. Chatting and building team culture can be just as important as the day's plan. So that's really important. We dive deeper. And then one of my final key takeaways was don't beat around the bush when letting a team member go. Start with, I'm letting you go and then follow up with the reasons. And she explains this so well. Angelica, and I, I think it's fantastic because to me, <laughs> I wouldn't have gone down that route. But then now that she mentioned that, I see it. I see it, and it's really, really great information. So, guys, without further delay, here is Dr. Angelica Seto. Angelica, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for asking. If you don't mind me asking, where are you located? My practice is located in Denver, Colorado. Oh, man. How is it like that right now? Oh, it's uh, pretty cold, but it was nice to escape the winter of last week on vacation. <laughs> it what? dropped down to negative four degrees while we were gone. So it's is it snowing right now over there? It's not snowing right now, but we do get snow on and off again during the winter months. Hey, real quick, how long have you been open for your practice? Oh, this practice I opened in August of 2020. Oh, okay. So it's been a while because I was like, I thought for some reason you might have just opened and you took a vacation. I'm like, man, you're doing fantastic. Oh. You get it. You get life. Like, Where'd you go on vacation? We went to Hawaii. Nice. And then what'd you guys do over there? We went to the Disney resort called Alani in Oahu. And we spent time with our daughter who's 15 months old. Her name's Nora and my in-laws, my brother-in-law. So it was just a nice family vacation. How was that? Opening up a practice and then having a child. Oh, that was tough <laughs> because my husband and I actually had trouble getting pregnant. So we had to do IVF. So when I was building my practice, I was going through egg retrieval and all the horm- hormone injections. So that was wild. 
<laughs> just trying to stay nor- somewhat normal while building a practice and, and being on all those hormones. Yeah. Did you ever feel like maybe I'm going to take a pause right now with one or the other? You know what I mean? Or no? So actually, I owned two practices. I purchased a practice I had been working at since June of 2019. And I purchased that practice in January of 2020. I was running two practices and then the shutdown happened. I was trying to get pregnant and it was too much. I just hit a breaking point in December of 2021. I had just had my daughter. I had a pretty traumatic delivery and I I couldn't do it anymore. And so I sold my practice within 24 hours, my second practice. And life has been good since. It's all about balance. (laughs) Yeah. No, yeah. Why? Can we dive into that a little bit? Like, so you had two practices mm-hmm. and you just sold one or you sold both of them? I sold one. The second one. Why'd you sell that one? I acquired that practice. The dentist I acquired, well, the dentist passed away unexpectedly. It was a very tragic event. And I was working with a couple of his friends, colleagues of ours, who were trying to help his wife or widow uh, get rid of the practice. Mm-hmm. And so they purchased the practice for me because I couldn't get another loan after getting a startup loan. And they're older dentists. And so they helped me quite a bit. I learned a lot from them. They were great mentors and they practice further down south. So I purchased the practice and anytime I had questions, I would email or call them and they would help me out quite a bit. And it was great because the practice was producing quite a bit and it was helping to pay the bills for my fee-for-service startup. So I was funneling money from one practice into another to make ends meet. And that's really why I was able to start out 100% fee-for-service. I've never accepted insurance at my startup practice. And it was because I was fortunate enough to have met these people who helped me purchase a secondary practice while I was building and who taught me quite a bit about the business of dentistry and some clinical and gave me quite a few clinical tips as well because I was a fairly new dentist. And owning two practices at once was was a lot to fight off so soon. So the, the fee-for-service startup was the one in 2020? Yes. Okay. And then like a couple months or a year later, you acquired the second practice? No. So the January, January before. So January of 2020 is when I purchased the secondary practice. My startup opened in August of 2020. Oh, okay. So just eight months later, I was actually supposed to open much earlier around the time I purchased the secondary practice. I was supposed to open my my startup. But as you know, COVID hit, everything shut down. It was really difficult to get materials during that time. And it delayed my opening quite a bit, which was unfortunate because I had bills that were starting to come in for my startup and I wasn't even able to practice or open my doors because of the shutdown. Uh, and so having that secondary practice really helped me out during that time. So real quick, how much was your the loan process when it came to your startup? Was that what, what bank did you go with? I went with Wells Fargo. OK, how much was the loan for? It was for 500. 500. OK, what was the terms on that? Do you remember? I had to start. And so that was I had to start paying. There was a certain time after construction started that I had to start paying that loan back. And because of COVID, that time was longer than I was planning for it to be. And that's why I had to start paying the loan back early. Gotcha. Okay. So 500. And then did you get another loan for the acquisition? So the dentist who passed away, his, his, one of his best friends, the power of attorney for the practice, he bought the practice for me. 
and I was just making payments toward for like to him personally. So we had a personal, uh, like personally financed loan. How did, can I ask how much was the practice? I bought it for 220000 Okay. So he bought it. He was a partner or? He just stepped in as a power of attorney when the car accident happened to help his wife get rid of the practice because we knew pretty early on that the dentist who ended up passing away wasn't going to practice again. Yeah. Okay, man. So then he ended up purchasing it for you and then you just made payments. Was there like a a schedule or was it just like on a handshake? Like, hey, we're going to, oh, I got you. It was a little bit of both. Uh, He was very laid back. He purchased everything was in my name. He put a lot of trust into me and I barely knew him. He's one of the nicest people that I now know very well. Man, after this, <laughs> give me his, not, I'm, I want to be friends with him. <laughs> okay. No, that's good. That's, that's, that's interesting. Okay. So then that happened. You decided to go fee for service, right? From that yep. point on, I'm assuming it wasn't an easy startup process. No, it was not. It was a very slow burn in the beginning, but that allowed me to work at both locations. I was working full time. So five days a week and splitting my time between both practices. So I was producing at, you know, my secondary practice, which was producing really well. I was running three columns. It was a very busy in-network partially Medicaid practice. Mm. So I was running around like crazy at that practice. We were just, our schedule was packed. And then I'd come to my my fever service startup and it was very slow. (laughs) So I would alternate days at both practices. Gotcha. So how much were you producing in the second practice or the one that you acquired? The one I acquired, oh, when I acquired it, the first year was right at a million. Okay. And so you would use that to help you with the startup for fever service? Yes. Gotcha. Okay. And then that's when you were like, this is too much when you started going through birth. So when I got pregnant, you know, hire and going through COVID, hiring new employees, I had two associates at one time. It just became too stressful managing that many people. I think my biggest downfall was one, COVID, and two, I didn't ask for help soon enough. I wish I would have asked for more support instead of trying to handle everything on my own. What do you mean? Like, give me more detail on that. So I was doing all the interviewing and hiring and managing of both practices. And, you know, I I love dentistry and I I feel like I'm a great dentist, but I'm not a very, I'm not the best, I wasn't the best businesswoman and I wear my heart on my sleeve. And so, you know, I was interviewing these people and I felt like they would be a good fit, but I wasn't really going through the right motions to find the right people, the right, who would fit into my practice. So I ended up hiring a practice or a business consultant. And I, I love this woman. She has helped me out so much and has saved me more than once with hiring, filling voids, taking so much off of my plate. I think being a new mom and owning two practices and just trying to do it, you know, keep, I'm, I'm a workaholic. I love, I stay at work late. I, um, I'm going to the practices on the, over the weekends. And it was just, it was too much. I was burning the candle at both ends. Mm-hmm. And so when Amy, my, my business consultant came into the picture, she really took so much off my plate. I didn't meet any candidates for any job position until they had gone through Amy first and she vetted them and she would have them take a personality test. And I thought that was really cool. She would do a disc assessment with every candidate and see if they would mesh with me and with other members of my team. 
before even introducing them to me or anyone else in the team. And that saved a lot of time and, and heartache for me. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Well, who's the business consultant? Her name's Amy Murray. She works for the Dental Practice Management Agency. They have a very long name. <laughs> know, yeah. Dental Practice Management Agency. Why do you think you didn't ask for help? at the beginning like is it because like you just didn't know what you didn't know or more like it's my babies like I want to I think it was more you know personally I I wanted to do it all and and say that I did it myself I'm a hard worker I I worked two jobs when I was an undergrad I babysat when I was in in dental school and I've always been a hard worker and and so I felt like I, I should be able to make this work on my own I think the reason I waited so long was because business consultants aren't cheap And I felt bad spending so much money, you know, spending all the money for a startup, all the equipment I was purchasing and materials, you know, I was starting, money was dwindling. And so I was like, I don't have any money to put towards a business consultant, but I wish I had done it sooner because I mean, she has doubled my production for my secondary practice within a year. So if I had just hired her on sooner, who knows where I would be now. Okay. Gotcha. So Right now, you don't have the other practice though, right? The acquisition? No. Okay, no so I this just is have a... my fee-for-service practice. Gotcha. Okay. So then, I mean, I, I like you're, you're a hard worker. We know you're a hard worker. So <laughs> where did that come from to want to say like, hey, I did it all? Well, so my father's an immigrant from Mexico and he, he came into the States and he had a degree when he was living in, in Mexico. He had a degree there, but it, when he came to the States in his early 20s, he wasn't able to use that degree here. And so he had to go to school again. He had to learn English. He only spoke Spanish. So growing up, we spoke English primarily in our household so that my father could learn enough English to go to school and get a job. He worked as a cook in a kitchen while going to school and eventually became an optical engineer. And he has, I think, three patents under his name now. And He has just accomplished so much and started out with nothing to his name, no money. He didn't speak English when he came here and he just built this beautiful life. He is the walking, living American dream. And, you know, I just I witnessed that growing up. And, you know, if he can do it, I should be able to do it because I've had a lot more support than he had growing up and financially and just a lot more. It was I had a lot more opportunities than he did. Mm hmm. Yeah. Do you feel more pressure because of that? I think so. (laughs) Yeah. Why? I just want to make him proud. I know that he's worked hard to give us a life, a good life, worked hard to help put us through school. And I want to show him that I appreciate that and that I can put the work in and and make him proud. Do you think he's not proud? Oh, no. My dad's very proud. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So he's proud. I mean, like, you know, he's proud, but I just can't stop. I have to keep going. (laughs) I get you. I get you. Yeah. I think it's the dentist and all of us, you know, we're all so competitive because we've just always had to prove ourselves with, you know, first DAT scores and then taking the boards. And then I feel like in dental school, we're all fighting for, you know, those top positions. And so I feel like our entire education and the start of our careers is just very competitive. So we're kind of bred to be like that too, in a, in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You want to kind of like continue, 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 right? To- yeah. You already achieved this level. Like what's next? And you mm-hmm. have to keep, I feel like I just have to keep going. <laughs> Do you feel like that right now? Like, because I mean, uh, technically, you've had two practices, you sold one, right? Now startup. Mm-hmm. What was the whole reason for your startup, actually? So I was an associate for a little under three months. 
when I graduated and moved to Denver, I didn't really like how things were being done at the practice that I was at, but I really had no say. I had to show up and do my work and leave. And there were other procedures, other things I was interested in, but I couldn't do those things because I wasn't an owner. And this person wasn't really open to partnership. And so I decided, well, you know, I I know what I want to do. I know what type, what level of care I want to provide my patients. So why not just go out on my own and make it happen? That way I can make those big decisions. What were the level of procedures you wanted to do that they didn't want you to do? So I'm very interested with sleep and airway. I am an airway dentist and I love cosmetics. So I love doing big veneer cases. And at this practice, I I was only being given what the other dentist didn't want to do. And so Mm -hmm. I felt like I couldn't get those big procedures. Like, you know, I never got the big veneer cases or cosmetic cases that he did. Gotcha. Looking back, if you found a practice that would let you do this, or if they told you, yeah, you can do this, would you still have opened up your own practice? I think I, I still would have opened up my own practice eventually. Probably not as fast, but I eventually would have wanted my own my own practice. For what reason? To just be like, this is my home or this is for what? Because it's something that I created and something that I worked hard to make. And I've never been open to working for, I've never worked for a corporation. I don't really like that fast paced environment. I like to move at a slower pace, give patients more time with me. And yeah, and I like to buy the equipment. I, I'm a big tech junkie. I love my my new equipment. So I want to be able to buy what I want when I want it and work with the people that I like working with. And yeah, I I just don't feel like you can do that as an associate. Yeah. Too many like having to ask and things like that instead of just going to straight to it. Right. Kind of thing. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So then you open up your practice, your startup, right? I asked that mainly because I don't know if you're like, I want more free time or I want to spend time with, you know, your family or I don't know, which I'm sure you do, right? Like everybody wants that. But oh yeah, do you feel, what are some things that have come unexpectedly for you in the startup process where you're like, oh man, like I miss <laughs> just that paycheck and then going home and then that's it kind of thing? Oh gosh. I mean, right now, right now I have an amazing team. I truly feel like they're my family. Like we all work together really well and do, would do anything for each other, but it, it took a long time to get there. And I definitely had some team members in the past who made me just want to quit dentistry altogether, <laughs> just like get rid of everything. But I think finding the right team members and building that team, it takes a while. And But once you find the right people, it, it feels good. And, you know, this is why I went into dentistry. This is why I went into ownership. It's to work alongside people who have the same passion that I do. And they make coming to work enjoyable again. Yeah. What were those team members doing or why did they make you want to give up? They would either no call, no show. Um, oh, really? They would call or they'd call the morning of and say, hey, I can't make it in. I'm sick or I have this going on. I'm pretty lenient with, with call-ins and people not coming as long as you give me notice or as long as it's not too frequent. But this was happening happening very frequently. And so a lot of time I bought an Isolite because I just, I had to be prepared to work by myself. And it was very stressful turning rooms over, breaking out the Isolite and just being in the room one-on-one with the patient and having to, if I forgot something, I'd have to run out of the operatory. It was just chaotic. 
but it was difficult to find people. And I know that a lot of my colleagues are still struggling with that and it's stressful. So I think managing people and hiring employees is probably one of the hardest things for me right now. Well, Mm -hmm. was one of the hardest things for me. How do you wish you would have dealt with it sooner? Even with the fear of like, oh my God, I can't find people, but. I wish I would have, because it was difficult to find employees. So I felt like I let a lot of things go. I wish I would have set better boundaries earlier on because I was afraid to lose employees, even though they were not so great employees. I was scared to lose them because I didn't want to be by myself. And so I felt like I was bending over backwards to keep these people happy just so that I would have somebody helping me in the practice. Some employees would ask for different hours or they didn't want to work certain days or they wanted to do a late start. And allowing some people to do that and not others is not fair. And I wish I would have just put my foot down and and said, no, these are the hours. I hired you for these hours. These are the hours I expect you to come in instead of saying, oh, I think we can make it work and stressing out over trying to make it work for that one person. And that's just an example of of one instance. Mm -hmm. Okay. Was it easy to let them go? Oh, you know, the first time I had to let someone go, I was sweating. My heart was racing. It was uh, really difficult. But after, you know, being an owner of two practices and going through COVID and the high turnover rate, it has gotten easier to let people go who don't no longer serve a purpose in my office or in my life. And I don't do it often anymore. I, I mean, I haven't let someone go in a very long time, but... When I do it, I know that I'm doing it for the betterment of the team. You know, you don't want to keep somebody on who is the cancer of the practice, right? And bring everyone else down. Also, you don't want to keep around somebody who is making you miserable. Then you're bringing that home to your family. And family is so important to me. And so I wanted to make sure that my workplace is a happy place. And I left happy. And that way I'm not coming home and bringing all the negative feelings home with me. Because that's not fair to my family. Yeah, no, that's true. 100%. How did you let them go? How did it improve from the moment you were like, right? Because I get you. Like, yeah. sometimes you're, you're, you're negotiating in your head. You're like, it's not that bad anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. can, I can handle that, you know. But how? The best advice someone gave me was you bring the person in. And the first thing that comes out of my mouth is I'm letting you go for these reasons. And then you list those reasons. But you don't beat around the, like I used to just beat around the bush a little bit in the beginning and it made things a little awkward, but I've found that if I'm letting you go and hear the reasons as the first thing out of my mouth, then they know already. And you give the reasons and it sets the tone, you keep it short. So there's a beginning, middle and end and you don't, that's the word, you don't dilly dally, you know, mm-hmm. it's very straight and to the point. That's what they want. You know, they don't want to sit around and listen to how they were so great. But you have to let them go. That sort of mess. Just I have to let you go. These are the reasons why. Okay. That's a, that takes some, you know what I mean? Like that's right there to to just be like, I'm gonna let you go. And here's why. Because in my mind, if you were to tell me that you're like, hey, I'm going to let, I need you to do this, Michael. And I'm like, okay, but what if they get angry and they don't even let me have my time to explain why, you know what I mean? They're just like, why? If I just tell them immediately, was that any of your fears or no? Oh yeah. And you know, I was just prepared if, 
if things got emotional, I was just prepared to, or if there were any, if there was any argue, arguing, then I was just prepared to say, you know, this conversation is over. If you have any additional questions, you can email me at my email address, but I need the keys and your sensors and I'll walk you out. We'll gather your things and I'll walk you out. Was there ever any arguing or angry? Or? <laughs> no, just keeping it short and being very straightforward has been helpful. It doesn't really give time for people to get emotional. You know, the only negative thing I've had happen was, you know, after the fact, after they were able to think about it, I got some mean messages from one person, but that's about it. Oh, okay. Like text messages, you mean? Yeah. Oh, okay. Got you. Got you. Yeah. After that, after the fact that if it's a text message, I'm like, oh, okay. you know what I mean? Yeah, it was. Yeah. All of a sudden, as long as you're not, no wonder I let you go kind of thing, right? You know? <laughs> yeah, it just kind of. Okay. But I like that. So if you could real quick, break it down for me. What's the beginning, middle and end of this process for you? So the beginning is I'm going to let you go. The middle is these are the reasons why. And typically when I let somebody go, they have already been write-ups filed. And so I'll have those write-ups on the desk. And then after I give them the reasons, I ask them, what questions do you have? Typically, they don't have any questions. And then I ask them, so that's all the middle. Um, the end is, okay, I need your keys, your sensor. Let's walk through the office and gather your things and I'll walk you out the back door. And that's the end. I like that. Okay, yeah. nice. Awesome. So would it be okay right now if we kind of dived into your startup a little bit, the business side of it? Sure. Okay. So you said the build out was, or how much, your loan was 500, right? Yep. Okay. And then how much was your build out? Oh, so my build out, it's hard. I, I don't really have like the complete breakdown. It's, it's, it's been a little bit, but I think my build out was around 380 or so. Okay. 380. How was that process? Was it pretty smooth? Not so smooth? Really hard? You know, my contractor was great. We had done all the planning for my build out in 2019. We had all the permits in place. And then COVID hit. My contractor was pretty busy because he's a popular contractor in this area. And so I felt like in the beginning, it was kind of slow because he was working on so many different projects. But then the city of Denver shut down and they weren't issuing any new permits. And so some of the, these other projects were permanently put on hold and they really couldn't move forward with anything because the permits weren't in place. Whereas with my practice, my project, everything was in place and ready to go. And in my head, I knew, you know, everything shut down, but my construction ramped up and I was like, oh no, like before I was like, let's, let's speed it up. You know, this is moving really slow. And then when it started to speed up really fast, I was like, oh my gosh, like let's slow down because <laughs> things are shut down. So that was stressful how fast everything started to move because we had already done a lot of the legwork in preparation for the build. Um, another thing that was really difficult was materials. All the materials that I picked out for my practice, I think I picked out maybe 10 different tiles for my bathroom floor and five different sinks for my operatories because I would pick one out that was aesthetically pleasing to me and then it was no longer available because manufacturing was down. Mm. And so that was really stressful. Like everything in my practice, I feel like every single material had to be replaced so many different times because it, we just couldn't get our hands on the materials. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's the part that was holding it back. Yes. 
Okay, okay. And then you officially open when? August of 2020. Okay. And when you, in the process of like about to open, because it was in March, right? March when it hit like really hard in the U.S., COVID? Yes, I closed my pra- my secondary practice on March 17th and I reopened on May 5th. Okay, so. Like I have those dates burned in 10 right? So <laughs> at, at, at any of that time, were you, you ever kind of, a little scared or just be like, hey, you know what, just kidding with the startup part. I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Or were you, were you just like, no, we're going to do it. We're going to go through all this. And Oh, I had come so far. I was, I was ready to keep going and I wanted it to be finished. I wanted to open and start practicing in my new practice. Hmm. Okay, that's good. That's good. Really, really great mindset. So then what type of practice do you have? I know you mentioned it was airway. So we do airway. We do we're I'm a general dentist um so we do a lot of your basic restorations but we really my team and I really love working on cosmetic cases and airway okay cool That's my awesome. hygienist is a myofunctional therapist as well oh really on purpose that's what you were looking oh, for on purpose well she came in as a hygienist and she had a passion for airway and wanted to learn more. So I sent her to finish an airway training course. So she became certified as a myofunctional Nice. That's really nice. Okay. So then how many employees do you have? I have not including myself, four employees. Okay. And then they are the roles? I have an office manager. I have a hygienist slash myofunctional therapist. And then my two dental assistants are both cross-trained for front desk and being in the back with me. Okay. And they all were part of the process of your business consultant hiring them? They were all hired by my business consultant. Amy, right? Yeah. Okay, nice. Well, that really and, did streamline it. Oh, my gosh. We, we love doing I don't. You can't see my office, right? I took down the balloons, but it was just my birthday and they surprised me by decorating my office and we and they're just very sweet and thoughtful and we all do that sort of stuff for each other I've never worked with a team that's that is so thoughtful yeah that's beautiful that's really really nice okay so then total production and collection what does that look like so like last month last month well I was on vacation so then the month but 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 we still did well we were at 70,000 for the month okay and then so how many ops do you have? I know have four working operatories. I started when I built my practice, I plumbed for four. I built out two because I knew it was going to be a very slow start with my feed for service startup. Just last week, I had the final two operatories equipped. Okay. And then how many days are you open? Four days, Monday through Thursday. The hours are, are what? 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. Okay. So it's pretty good. So our morning huddle starts, we, everyone is ready for the morning huddle at 6.45 a.m. Okay. What does your morning huddle consist of? So my office manager starts the morning huddle and there's typically three people who speak during the morning huddle. My office manager, my hygienist, and then one of my dental assistants. And they each fill out a day sheet outlining new patients. So my office manager starts with the numbers for the month. We're currently scheduled at you know, $50,000 of production for this month. Here are the opportunities for this week. We have openings today for an emergency here. We could do a bigger procedure in a couple of days. So think about that. We need to fill this hole. And then she goes over the production, what we're scheduled for for the day. And of course, you know, just 
going over where we can increase that production, how we can increase it. Then it moves on to my hygienist. My hygienist will say we have, you know, today we had six new patients, which is great. So she goes through the new patients and we talk about how we're going to make that appointment special for them. We have a relaxation menu, so they always get offered that. And we make sure that we have all of that stuff laid out and ready when they enter the operatory. We'll go over existing patients and if there are any medical alerts that we need to be aware of, any outstanding treatment. And then it'll go to one of my dental assistants. They'll go over lab cases that we have in. If there are any emergencies, new patients in their column, any outstanding treatment that could be scheduled that hasn't been scheduled yet so that we can take advantage of getting that scheduled. Okay. And that all roughly takes about 15 minutes. Yep. Well, and uh, then if I have any questions, I'll, I'll ask some questions. If things were scheduled a little wonky, I'll ask why. If someone's coming in for a consult, Whoever spoke to them on the phone, I'll ask well, what was discussed. And then there's what's fun is then we all kind of chit chat at the end. And there's a lot of laughter. Patients come in and they're like, it sounds like you're having so much fun back there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes we'll have like some, we'll take turns buying coffee for each other. So we have our Starbucks order taped up on the refrigerator. So like if somebody wants to treat the team to coffee, they know what we all like. And so if someone brought coffee in, sit around and drink coffee for a few minutes, um, eat bagels or donuts, whatever we have. So it's just fun because we really bond during that time. Yeah, that's nice. I like that. That's really good. Like having the coffee thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. I got to the point where people were like, oh, I want to treat everyone to coffee. What What do y'all want? And then we, they'd have to wait for everyone to text back. And we all pretty much order the same thing every time. So we decided to write it out. We all have a, like a picture of it on our phone. So if we just want to surprise, you know, the office with coffee, we'll, we'll do that. I like that. That's really, really yeah. nice. Okay. And then real quick, how many new patients are you getting a month? We are getting about, I think our average is around 40. 30 okay. To 40. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And then what are you doing for advertising and marketing? So my business coach really doesn't like me putting much money into marketing. Uh, We actually get a lot of our new patients come from internal referrals, which is a big one for Mm -hmm. us. Google and Yelp. We have, you know, five stars on Google and Yelp. We have really great reviews from some of our best patients. There's a local newspaper that I have an ad out and I pay about 180 a month for that ad. Really... We don't get many new patients from that, but I continue to support them because they're local and we have some patients who work for the local newspaper and they come in and we chit chat. So I just keep that there just to support them. Other than that, I've done nothing up until last month. I started Google ads because I was noticing that my reviews weren't showing up. So I had people saying, oh, did you see my review? I wrote you a nice review. And I said, I don't think I saw that. It's not popping up. And then they would show me on their phone that they wrote me a review. And it would show on their Google account, but it wasn't showing on on our business profile. So I went through all, you know, I researched why, why would our reviews not be showing up? And I went through and, you know, there was nothing that would have made that happened. You know, we were a verified business. They just, for some reason, weren't posting our reviews. Mm-hmm. And one of my colleagues said, well, why don't you pay for a Google ad? And then you'll start seeing those reviews pop up. I paid for a Google ad and that same day, my reviews started showing. Are and you it had serious? Been, it had been months, like it had been maybe three months since we saw a review. 
And so that was kind of crazy to me. You know, I don't know how I feel about it. It seems like extortion to a certain. Yeah. (laughs) Dirty Google. What? Yeah. So, I mean, maybe it's not related. In my mind, it seems like it is. But we're now getting reviews and we're paying for Google ads. How much are you paying for Google ads? Let me ask. I got a special, it's like a holiday special where you pay $500 and you got to, add, you got to post two ads. So that's what we did. So we've only invested $500 in, in that. Yeah. Man, but I didn't know that. I never knew that. That that's, yeah. I wouldn't, that sounds kind of, it sounds kind of like Yelp if you think about it. You know what I mean? Yes, exactly. Hmm. So, but I know a lot of my colleagues have been struggling with their reviews not showing up and I mean, maybe there is correlation between the two who knows yeah no okay i get you and then what system would you say is unique in your practice right now that you created or maybe you have adopted where you're like it's either our handoff from front to back or it's our new patient or so something that my business coach helped me put together was the new patient welcome making them feel comfortable in the practice because i don't know if you've seen pictures of my practice but it's very homey. I didn't want it to be a sterile or very clinical setting. I wanted it to feel like I have a fireplace in my waiting room and like a stack of logs and I've decorated my office almost like a home. And so when you walk in, it doesn't have that dental office feel. And I think that's the biggest compliment that we get from patients is they just love how it has a relaxed feel. It already puts them at ease when they walk in. But the one thing that we do that I really love is we give our new patients the tour of the practice. So when Ramiza, my hygienist, or Margarita or Gathia, my dental assistants, bring a patient back, as they're walking them back, they'll say, well, here's our restroom. And they'll show them the restroom. And this is our really cool CBCT. It takes a 3D image of your face. And Dr. Cito will go into more detail on that here in a sec, but we'll, we'll be returning to this room to take an image later. Here is our sterilization room. And as they're walking them back, you know, I have a very open concept design, but everything is very clean looking, very aesthetically pleasing. And so it's just nice as they're walking them back to show them where everything is. And then they walk him into the operatory. And now the patient knows, like, if I have to use the restroom, I don't have to ask anyone. I know where it is. It makes them more comfortable. Like that. You give them, like, an office tour. They make them, hey, here's the rest of your home kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like that. (laughs) You can place your things on on this stand here, and you can hang your coat here, and let me take your purse for you. And they'll hang that up for them. And they've already looked at our relaxation menu. And so we'll have, you know, if they want essential oils, an eye mask. We have Disney Plus. We have TVs mounted above the, all the chairs and we have Disney Plus on the screens. And so we'll ask them if they want to watch something specific. We have noise canceling headphones. Yeah, we just try to make them feel comfortable. Yeah, I mean, nice. How cool would it be like to be the first Disney sponsored practice? <laughs> it's my dream. It's everything I've ever wanted. <laughs> okay, cool. So then one of the last questions I want to ask you is throughout this process, I guess from the moment you sold your pra- your second practice or your, fir- your first one, your acquisition, to to now today what's been some of your biggest or your biggest struggle or fail or pitfall since selling my second practice mm-hmm. you know well of, of course we've already talked about managing people and, and hiring employees i'd say there are two things that come to mind mm-hmm. for me one is implementing new procedures like when i started with airway just getting that into the practice and setting up a system for that 
it's really stressful, you know, training everyone on the on airway, especially when you have a when I had a higher rate of turnover, training people to take those special images that I need, natural oral photos and measurements. That was really stressful, retraining every single person who came into my office to do that. So implementing something new. And then we just invested in CEREC. So we had the prime scan, the prime mill, and the prime print. And so going through all that training and making sure we were doing everything right. Anytime there's something new, it just gets a little bit more stressful. And then I think it's all around people, managing people, right? So the second thing would be patient management. As a new dentist, when I came out of dental school, I felt like I let people walk all over me. I was scared to stand up for what I knew was right. And, you know, my confidence level wasn't the best because I was so new. So I think building that confidence, setting boundaries, even with patients, not letting them, because some people I feel like have been struggling with post-COVID, the post-COVID era. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are a lot of people struggling with personal issues and coming to the dentist, it's, it's no fun sometimes. And so they show the worst parts of themselves when they're anxious or scared. Some people can come off quite mean or rude to a team member or even to me sometimes. And not letting that happen, standing up for myself, that has been the biggest struggle with something that I've really mastered this, the past couple of years is building that confidence and standing up for myself and setting those boundaries. You get really good at setting boundaries when you have, when you have children because You'll do anything for your kid, right? And it's sad because I was struggling and I didn't I didn't treat myself very nicely. The things I was saying to myself weren't very good. And so I actually started going to therapy after around the time I sold my practice because I just I needed help. I was struggling personally and going to a therapist, she really helped me to set those boundaries. And she said, You wouldn't treat your kid this way. You're beating yourself up over something a patient told you or something negative a patient said about you. And you're just you're saying all these mean, hurtful things about yourselves in your head. You would never say that to your kid. And I'm like, you're right. I I love my daughter. I would never treat her that way. And so then she was like, well why would you treat yourself that way? And I just sat back. I was like, you're right. I need to be nicer to myself. I need to have more grace. Um, I need to set boundaries and don't let people get you down. I mean, you do dentistry for a reason. You went to dental school for a reason. You're highly qualified. You know what's best in the dental realm. So, you know, stand up for yourself a little bit. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you kind of slip back into that sometimes? Very rarely now. But when I first started out, oh yeah, someone would say, make a comment like, oh, you're taking so long on this filling. I'm like, oh my gosh, did another dentist do it like so much faster than I did? Was it more comfortable? Like, am I a bad dentist? Yeah. <laughs> and I, my, I would just go into a downward spiral, but I don't let myself do that anymore. Yeah. No, I get you 100%. I remember one person told us like, if you get on a train, right, to a destination, and then you realize like, the intercom guy or whatever is like, we're going here. And you're like, crap, I'm supposed to be on the other train. Would you just say, I'm going to go all the way to the very end of this destination, get there and then get off? Or what would you do? I'm just asking, what would you do? Yeah, I would change directions and and reroute myself. Right, like on the next exit, wherever Uh it's, I'm going to get off, get on, right? Yep. Same thing with train of thought. As soon as you feel like you're getting on that negative thought process, get off, right? Like change that. Just just cut it off immediately. And we have the power to do that with our thoughts. But sometimes, I don't know what it is where we're just like, well, let's just see where this goes in my mind. You know what I mean? If I keep going down this way, 
which it doesn't make sense in real life if we did that. No. So why do we do that with our mind, right? So he's like, get off on the next. I thought that was interesting. That is really interesting. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Anyways, Angelica, thank you so much for being with us. It's been a pleasure. But before we say goodbye, can you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yes. So you can find me at pseudofamilyministry.com. My practice is in Denver, Colorado. We have a Facebook and Instagram page. My dental assistant just created a TikTok as well, all under Pseudo Family Dentistry. Nice. Okay. So that's all going to be in the show notes below, guys. And Elika, thank you so much for being with us. It's been a pleasure and we'll hear from you soon. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I really appreciate it. And Angelica, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We truly appreciate you coming on. If you guys want to talk to her, make sure you go on the show notes below. Reach out to her directly on the links there. Or if you want, you can just join the free Facebook group, the Dental Marketer Society. And in there, we talk with the guests you hear um, on the episodes or on the podcast. And at the same time, you can ask any questions or concerns about other previous episodes or anything like that. And you can also engage and interact with uh, other questions and just fun stuff we're doing on the Dental Marketer Society Facebook group. So the link to that is going to be in the show notes below. At the same time, guys, don't forget to join my newsletter. It's a 3-2-1 newsletter. It's literally a quick newsletter that's built just for you. It's three episodes I can't stop thinking about. And why? It's two articles packed with actionable steps. And it's one quote to help you set your intentions for the week. So it's quick three, two, one. I got the idea off of James Clear Atomic Habits. So in case any of you guys are subscribed to his newsletter and you're like, this sounds familiar, it's from there, right? Um, But you guys are loving it. A lot of our subscribers and members are loving that newsletter. So I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes below to subscribe to that newsletter. So go subscribe there. And that is honestly the quickest way you can reach out to me is through email, just replying back to those newsletters. If you have any questions or concerns or anything like that. But okay, let's get to the quote of this episode. Now, this is from the book, Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. The reason I'm reading this book is, you know, just want to better our sleep. It says, the longer you are awake, the more time your brain has to build up the chemical sleepiness that helps you fall asleep at night. And then I'm gonna read you another one. There is no such thing as a morning person or an evening person. There are only those who have learned how to shift the timing of their body clock earlier or later. All right, that's going to do it for this episode, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye.